It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic get the job done. We repeat all the same storylines, but this time, the magic come through. It's time to break it all down on a new episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 22nd, 2023. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic find a way. And we see the formula and the things the Magic are trying to accomplish the rest of the season. We'll break down the Orlando Magic's win over the Washington Wizards coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing, first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's in all caps, in the game. That's promo LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game today. If, you know, we're, we're at the point of the season now, I feel, where we can kind of see the end. Um, it's great that it happened in late March, uh, mid-March, whatever whatever level of March you want to call it, um, because it usually happened at the All-Star break last year. And, and, and you could listen to how the players are talking, and, you know, they, they understand. Like, Franz Wagner said this the other day. Cole Anthony said it again after, after Tuesday's game. They understand that there is a big goal out there. Um, you know, and, and honestly, like, this is the biggest thing. And maybe we talk a little bit about this 
later on in the show. The Magic know they are growing into something. And not only do they know they're growing into something, you can really feel deep down within this roster that they believe that they are growing into a, a team to be reckoned with in this league. You know, maybe not quite yet at a championship level, but they know the playoffs are not that far off. They know they are not far from playing extra basketball, from playing postseason basketball, from taking that crucial and critical next step. They know it is out there and it is not that far away. It certainly doesn't feel the five games that separate the Orlando Magic from the Chicago Bulls in that final postseason spot. So this Magic team, yes, they are playing for something and that something is very remote and almost completely out of reach. Not completely out of reach. They could still do it. You know, five games back with nine games to go. It's hard, not impossible. Mathematically not impossible, but it's very, very hard. Um, They know that they're playing not for this year, but for next year. And for the future that they're turning themselves into. But honestly, as happens when that postseason dream is limited and you start playing for the great beyond of the next season, you start to like really see the contours of what that season is going to be about. And it's usually because the same story starts to repeat itself. If it feels like I have an obsession right now with what we need to talk about coming out of this game against the Washington Wizards, a 122-112 win... If it feels like I'm repeating myself over and over again after each one of these games, it's because you're absolutely right. I am repeating myself. I am focusing on the same thing. I am telling the same story with maybe a different rhyme or different different way, but it's essentially the same story. If the Orlando Magic are going to take a bigger step forward next year, if the Magic are going to take that step into the postseason, then it's going to come down to winning games. It's going to come, it, obviously, duh, like, that, of course it's going to come down to winning games. But it's going to come down to how they execute late in games. I know I talked about this way back in September and August. I know I wrote an article on it. I, I'm pretty sure I wrote it, I talked about it on the show. Check the archives. Uh, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the show back in September and August. You can go back, hear my freezing cold takes from back then. I know I wrote about it. I still reference, I still link this post. The season and whether the Magic can make the postseason would be almost wholly determined by whether they could win close games because this team is not good enough to blow teams out every single night. They're going to have to play clutch games. They're going to have to play close games. They're going to have to execute down the stretch. They're going to have to find a way to win games every single night. And, and, And that's such an important thing to know. And it's honestly... One of the hardest things to learn how to do, to play under that pressure, to execute at that high of a level, it's also not just one of the hardest things to do. There's also a bit of luck involved. Even your best efforts can get beat by great shot making. Uh, And and at the end of the day, you don't want to rely on winning close games to to get you where you want to go. But at the end of the day, then, that's what determines your, your place, your seating. The Washington Wizards are a better team than the Magic by record. They're worst team in the clutch. And, and, and if you listen to our friends at Locked On Wizards, I'm sure they're talking about this very same topic on their show today. If you listen to if you listen to Locked On Wizards, I'm sure they're going to talk about how the Wizards struggled in the clutch. How this was a three-point game 
with four and a half minutes to play, and the Magic extended it out to 10. Because the Wizards have a worse clutch record than the Magic do right now. The Magic have played, I think, 36 or 37 clutch games. Almost half of their games have qualified for clutch minutes. And as Cole Anthony said after the game, we're not getting blown out anymore. You know, we don't follow a good win with a blowout loss. We are in these games. We know that we are in these games. We know we are good enough to compete with these teams. And now it's just about that last little bit. That last little bit to get you over the edge. I know I talked about it throughout the West Coast road trip. We talked about it when the Magic lost to the Suns and the late game struggles and and bad decisions the Magic made down the stretch in that game. We talked about how the Magic burst through and made good decisions to put the Clippers away on Saturday. And then we talked about some of the bad decisions the Magic made once again while chasing the lead, uh, while chasing the deficit, chasing the lead uh, in the loss Sunday to the Los Angeles Lakers. You see these patterns. You see these things. But every single one of these games, in essence, came down to a few plays here or there, a make or miss, a bad shot selection, a turnover, a foul, you know, a whole bunch of little things. And the question for this Magic team is, how are they going to respond and how are they going to push themselves forward? How are they going to flip? We talked about it in the Portland loss a couple weeks back. We talked about it in the Utah loss a few weeks back. How do the Magic, we talked about it in the Miami game in overtime. How do the Magic flip some of these games from losses to wins? How do they make the plays that get them over the top and get wins? If there is one thing that the Magic need to get practice at the rest of the season, regardless of where they finish, because like I've said a million times, people who sometimes mock mock me about being so in on the postseason chase— the postseason chase was not about making the postseason. It did not matter if the Magic made the postseason. It would have been nice if they could. It would have been a great sign of the team's progress. But that's not what was important about this postseason chase. What was important, what mattered, is games like Tuesday night. Games that feel big. A team that you're directly behind in the standings. A team that you need to catch up on. A, a, a must-win game. Because if the Magic do want to make the postseason... Every game from here on out is a must-win game. They cannot afford to lose games right now. If they lose games, they are out, essentially. They're, they're mat- their elimination number is still, I believe, at 7? I'd have to double-check that. Um, but the number to get in the playoffs is going to be 37-38 wins. The Magic are 1-0 in their last 10. They were going to have to go 8-2 and or 9-1 and at minimum to make it. And, and look... The Phoenix Suns did that in the bubble. They went 8-0 in the bubble, still fell short, but that catapulted them uh, into their offseason. We will talk about uh, uh, that scenario, and especially one from Magic History that I think is very potent right now um, that could make it worth it. Um, But at the end of the day, what the Magic need to get out of these last 10 games, what matters most out of the rest of the season is this experience in close games, is needing to win a game are you going to be able to pull through? Are you going to be able to make the plays, make the shots, get the stops, get the defensive stops, scratch out that rebound, force that steal, give all of yourself to flip that loss into a win, to flip that game over in your favor, to maintain that lead? This is a team that has proven that it is capable of doing that time and time again, and Tuesday night, they certainly did that. We're going to dive into what the Magic were able to accomplish and what the Magic were able to show in the final four and a half minutes of their win over the Washington Wizards. We'll get to that coming up here 
in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Uh, you know, I love basketball games. I love puzzle games. I love I love these kind of challenges. Usually when I crack open 2K, it's to get my team because I'm, I'm a history junkie. But you're really all just trying to play the same game. We all love playing GM. Now you get to actually do it with the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise from the ticket prices all the way to your roster... Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You manage every strategic aspect of your team. You play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for everything from hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and all the ups and downs in between. All this in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Magic listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, the ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So how did the Magic do it? How did the Magic get the job done against the Washington Wizards? Like I said, the Wizards not the greatest clutch team in the world either. Uh, that's been one of their struggles. Again, I, I always say this, clutch games are 50-50 propositions. Yes, there is some skill involved, so it's not exactly a coin flip. Um, and, and I would, again, I would always argue good teams don't, don't win clutch games. They avoid them. Uh, but... The good teams do win clutch games. The good teams are able to scratch these games out. Like the Miami Heat are where they are in the standings, what, sixth in the East now, avoiding the play-in tournament. They are where they are in the standings because they are the best clutch team in the league. Their goal is to get the game tight where they believe Jimmy Butler's going to win it for them, and by golly, he's going to. The Sacramento Kings are a fantastic team. I'm not taking anything away from them when I say this. They are the best clutch team in the league. They win these close games, and... When you're projecting them into next year, it's fair to expect that they're not going to have that same kind of luck. But by the same token, your ability to take a game that is close with five minutes ago, that's the cutoff for the NBA's definition of clutch, your ability to take a game that is close in the last five minutes and blow the doors open at the very end, that is such an important skill. That is a, that is a place where you are able to really separate yourself and take yourself to that next level. Um, the Magic entered the fourth quarter down one and really seemed to be reeling, and, and Washington's had their number. They were able to get back and lead. Their bench was was really good for most of the night, but you really look at it, Washington closed the gap to three with four and a half minutes to play. Bradley Buell was at the foul line, split a pair of free throws. So it was 105-102, and that's when the Magic got to work. Wendell Carter got to the line for, for a... 
for, for a couple free throws, hit a three off a pass from Paolo Bancaro. Uh, you know, he had a pair of timeouts called because of the uh, because of the three-minute rule. Uh, and then Markel gets the line for a free throw. Paolo Bancaro gets a rebound. Markel folds with a driving, driving photo shot. And so within two minutes, the Magic had to lead to 10. In that time, not only were the Magic able to make shots, they missed a free throw, but they made they, and one layup. But they they made all their shots in that stretch. Besides besides that one, so what three for four three for four with you know three for four shooting from the foul line. But in that stretch, Beal missed a free throw. Beal went one for two from the line. Uh, Monte Morris missed a three pointer. Porzingis got called for an offensive foul. Uh, Bradley Beal fouls out. Um, thanks to Markel, thanks to Markel Folds, Porzingis misses a three, and all of a sudden the Magic are up by ten. This was a game where there wasn't a lot of defense being played. Both teams were able to get up and down, and and the Magic were at their best when they were able to play the game at, at a bit of a controlled pace, and, and 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 you know able to get out and transition, get, get out and transition. But when the game got kind of up and down, back and forth, that's when this things got things got really ugly. But the Magic were able to answer everyone and every call that the Wizards had. And then you get to the fourth quarter, and that's when the Magic took over. Quite simply, it's a make-or-miss league. The Magic made shots, but they got good shots all night. They moved the ball really, really well. They were just in a really good groove and a good mindset offensively. We'll get to the box score here, but Paolo Bancaro putting in eight assists, nine rebounds, getting nearly a triple-double. He's going to get triple-doubles in his career, folks. He is is really good, and, and he made a few passes in this game. That I was just like, you've got to be kidding me that you're making that pass as a rookie in a in a big moment in a clutch situation. Uh, you're making a crazy, ha- you know. There's the I think the Gary Harris three that made it a seven point game with about a minute and a half left. Uh, I believe that came off of Paolo skipping over Franz uh, as the as the outlet from the post when he was doubled in the post. They pre rotated to Franz, skipped it over. To, I think Wendell and then Wendell fed it or to Markel and then Markel fed it to Harris for the open three in the corner. Just He's not going to get an assist for that, but it was an incredible pass that that Paolo made open. And the Magic just had this kind of free-flowing offense throughout the whole game. They struggled when they turned the ball over, but they didn't turn the ball over late, and they were able to really buckle down defensively. Um, I thought defensively for most of this game, you know, the Magic weren't great. Um, I think they got pulled out of position, but they did some good things. Their rotations were, were they, they weren't sharp, but they were on point. They, they were able to recover in time. Fouling a little bit too much, perhaps, but uh, I, I really like the way that the Magic defended and chased after the game. If, if anything, you know, kind of like the the Lakers game on on Sunday, the Magic may not have been perfect defensively, but the effort and intensity was there throughout, um, and that's that kind of carried over again. All that carried over into the fourth quarter and into this moment when the Magic had to get baskets, the Magic had to make plays, and you could just feel this confidence in them. I haven't checked the numbers, but I imagine it's this way for every team. You're better off playing with a lead than coming from behind. And I think that's the difference in kind of the poise that we saw from Saturday to Sunday and then into Tuesday. When the Magic had the lead, the confidence built on itself. The other team had to play desperate, and the Magic were able to really set their defense. When the Magic come from behind, they're rushing things. They're get, they're they're getting out and train. They're they're trying to force transition opportunities. They're not playing. At the level that they, they're not playing with the, the 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 precision that they need to play with, and again, this is something young teams have to learn. You look at Miami, Miami, Miami when they came back on Orlando, didn't panic in either of those two games. They just played their game, 
They buckled down. They got they got solid, and they came back and, and got forced overtime in both of those games. The Magic don't have that experience to do that yet, and so you see late in games, when, especially when they're trailing, I don't want to call it panic, but that urgency isn't refined, if that makes sense. In this game, Orlando had the lead. You could see that they were just playing with a lot of confidence. You could see that they were kind of taking that collective breath. Yeah, the Magic played through Markel Fultz a little bit more, and Markel, I think, does a much better job calming this team down than Paolo Franz does uh, as, the lead, as the kind of lead ball handler. But the Magic just made plays. Again, it, 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 the game's kind of simple. Um, if you watch, watch our friends at Princeton... Uh, Sweet 16 team Princeton. Uh, Mitch Henderson, former Northwestern assistant under Bill Carmody. Shout out to Coach Carmody. Um, they literally wear shots, sh- shirts that say make shots. Um, when I was in school at Northwestern, literally make shots was plastered all over the, the basketball facility. Um, it sounds stupid. We made fun of it. But in essence, that's kind of the deal here. Orlando made shots. They got good shots. They were patient. They worked the ball around. They got to the foul line. They did good work to get good to get good shots, but you know we see all the time even good shots don't go in. At the end of the day, results are what's going to matter, and the Magic made shots. Sometimes the formula is really simple, and you know again you make shots, you get more confident, you're better, you're better defensively. The Magic did all those things to put themselves in a great position to win this game and to win this game running away. It's been a while since the Magic won a game like this running away. Uh, the Charlotte, the game at Charlotte. Charlotte made a little bit of a late run to kind of threaten Orlando after they've been coasting. They haven't had a game where it was close in the fourth, and then Orlando just gets right by them and, and, and wins the game. We're going to go through the final box score to close out today's show, talk a little bit about some individual performances as the Orlando Magic defeat the Washington Wizards 122-112. to But first, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you get it on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I know whenever I do second chance brackets after the first weekend, I do a whole lot better because now I've actually seen all these teams. I watch the NBA. I don't watch a ton of college. Now you've seen all these teams too, and you know which teams are undervalued, which teams are properly valued, and which games are going to be the ones with the right scorelines. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's go to the final box scores. The Atlanta Magic defeat the Washington Wizards 122-112. to 
Our hero of the game, a guy that we don't get to talk a lot about because he doesn't have games like this very often, so it's good the Magic took advantage. A big part of why the Magic won this game on both ends of the floor, Gary Harris, 22 points, 7 for 10 shooting, 6 for 9 from deep, 2 for 2 from the foul line, 2 block shots, a heck of a job on Bradley Beal. The whole team gets credit on Bradley Beal, but we'll give Gary Harris the initial credit as the primary defender. Beal's 16 points, 4 for 15 shooting, 0 for 4 from deep, did go 8 for 10 from the foul line. Um, that's our only knock. But Gary Harris, like, look, I don't think a lot of fans appreciate everything Gary Harris does. Um, I would agree he needs to make more threes and be more consistent, but he's also shooting nearly 40% from threes. I think he's still at 37 38%. He's by far the best shooter on the team. And, and, I, and I think sometimes that's taken for granted because the Magic aren't the greatest passing team. They had 27 assists on 43 makes to not, uh, in this game. One of the better passing games in the year. The Magic, the Magic don't always pass well enough to take advantage of everything Gary does. Gary is a great defender, a solid defender, but not one that gets the steals or makes kind of the energy hustle plays that Jalen Suggs make. I, I'm not here s- saying that the Suggs-Harris debate is settled or that the Magic shooting guard position is settled. I'm just saying appreciate Gary Harris a little bit more, watch him a little bit more, see the work that he does because he is very, very, very solid. Um, and again, I, I think the Magic are, are right at this point to, um, to to keep the rotations as they are. Everyone's very comfortable in their roles and succeeding in their roles. I think that's why Gary Harris continues to start over Suggs. You know, I think there is a fair argument for Suggs to, to get into the starting conversation with the way that he's playing, the way that he's shooting. He's out with a concussion right now anyway, so that's irrelevant. Gary Harris, though, Fantastic game. When he starts hitting threes like this, you know you're in for a good night offensively. You know you're in for a good night for your team. Guy, guy is reliable, made some tough threes at that, uh, some deep threes too. Um, and just, again, just when he's shooting like this, the ball's going to find him because the team knows he's, knows he's on a heater. They're going to give him the ball. His defense on Bradley Beal was fantastic again. I, I think I think this was this could have very well have been Gary Harris's best game of the season. Just a great, great effort. Got to give a special shout out next to Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, 15 points, 5 for 10 shooting in 13-40 in the game, 4-4 from the foul line. Um, he came in and immediately made a difference. He came in and immediately made plays to help this team in the first quarter when they were struggling a little bit. They got they got blitzed a little bit. Their legs looked a little... I think even Mo admitted on the Valley Sports Florida broadcast their legs were a little bit heavy uh, from the road trip and coming back from the road trip. Uh, this was... A, a great game. He gave this team the energy with a couple big dunks in, late in the first quarter. Another a charge late in the first quarter, and then another big dunk uh, in the second quarter. Just a really just great effort from Mo Wagner, especially coming off two straight games where Gogo Batadze was used as the backups as the backup center. Really stepped up and stepped to the plate in this game. Just just a great one. And look, uh, well, since we're on the bench, gotta give Cole Anthony his props to 16 points, 7 for 14 shooting. Only one for four from deep, but seven rebounds, five assists. Did have four turnovers, so he did make a few mistakes. Excuse me, here and there. But I, I loved the way that Cole played, especially in the second half. I think he struggled a little bit in the first half, but especially the second half, got to his spots, was aggressive but under control, didn't force his way to the basket, didn't force offense. Everything felt very natural, was able to create space. The way Cole Anthony's played over the last two, three weeks, for the most part, there's been a game here or there. Um, the way Cole Anthony's played is exactly how the Magic need Cole Anthony to play. He is a great sixth man. He's really embraced this role, and he is succeeding tremendously in it. And, and it's a lot of credit to him. 
He's gotten a lot better on both ends of the floor. He's gotten a lot better with his judgment and shot shot decision making. Um, getting just gotten better. Period. Uh, and Cole Cole is you know it's not really clear what his role is going to be. It's not really clear what his extension is going to end up being or, or what what those negotiations would look like. We'll talk plenty about that when the offseason begins. Trust me. Um, but Cole Anthony is he, this has been by far the best season of his career. Uh, and I think he deserves a lot of a lot of credit and kudos for how he's transformed himself here. Um, if there's any, if this was an indication of how much the Magic really wanted this game, Cole Anthony played 30-16. Gary Harris only played 24-10. But Franz Wagner, 39-26 of uh, playing time, most of it very good. 20 points, seven for 12 shooting, two for three from deep, four for four from the foul line, four rebounds, six assisted, have three turnovers. Uh, Franz, Franz is starting to get back in his bag and, and starting to shoot, make those shots around the rim that he's so good at. Um, he's so good at working around defenders. Again, I'd like to see that mid-range game come back a little bit, but he's able to get to the basket so well, and he's attacking really, really well, just making great decisions on the ball, um, You know, making great passes. I think he had one play where it looked like he wanted to pass and then changed mid-air and made a shot, it just made this crazy floater. Um, he's... He's starting to he's he's having a really strong finish this season. And again, that's that's really good to see. Same could be said for Paolo Bancaro. Six for nine shooting, six for six from the foul line, nine rebounds, eight assists to get his 18 points. Fudged those numbers a little bit. He made a couple baskets toward the end of the game to get his numbers, but he had a couple shots that I just was like, man, I have it's been so long since the Magic had a guy who could just create his own shot like that, who could just shoot over the defense like that. We're seeing Paolo have these games and have these moments. Um, and, you know, I, I know there's some discussion about Rookie of the Year maybe reopening. Stop it, please. That's not what's going to happen. Paolo Bancaro is the Rookie of the Year. He probably should win it unanimously. We will we will, we will, will call out and and ridicule whoever does not name him Rookie of the Year. Um, it's not that Jalen Williams isn't having a good season or Benedict Matherin or Walker, or Walker Kessler aren't having good seasons. Paolo Bancaro has been that dude all year long. He's facing double teams. He's making great reads, and he's he's getting better. And look, a strong finishing kick from Paolo Bancaro is going to go a long way to securing that award, which he's already secured anyway. I really love Paolo's game here. Made, made an impact without taking a ton of shots. Yeah, I'd like to see more than nine shots, but he made a really big impact without needing to shoot the ball, really move the ball, made great decisions. This is how Paolo needs to play all the time. He will get his points. He got his points in transition. He got a couple of those nice rhythm jumpers that he can get once once he gets going. Got to the foul line. He did. He played really, really well. And as he continues to learn and understand how the d- teams are going to double him and treat him, he's going to learn how to find his spots and how to get others involved a whole lot more, especially as the Magic get more shooting on the court. Markel Fultz. I thought Markel Fultz had a really up and down game. 17 points, 8 for 16 shooting, 0 for 3 from deep. Thought he settled for threes. He had a couple. He had two threes early in the first quarter. the The Wizards, the Wizards play him weird. Uh, he did have five rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. The Wizards play him weird. Um, they put Kristaps Porzingis on him so that he can roam around because they're not worried about his three point shot. Um, you know, a lot of people. I saw a lot of people saying, "Why aren't the Magic using Fultz to attack Porzingis?" They are actually using because Porzingis was on Fultz. The 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 Wizards put Corey Kispert on Paolo. And that's actually what opened up a lot of Palo's passing. And that's what really opened up the offense. So the Magic were hunting mismatches. just wasn't the Markel mismatch. Um, Markel, I thought, just he didn't know what to do with it because Kristaps is such a good rim protector. Usually when guys lay off of him, it's a guard, it's a forward. It's not Kristaps Porzingis. 
just a weird matchup. Just it didn't it didn't really work for him. But late in the game, I thought Fultz was really instrumental in keeping the team at its pace, keeping the team in the lead, and, and really making sure the Magic got good shots every time down the court. And of course, that's what led to the win. Orlando shoots 53.8% from floor, 12 for 27 from beyond the arc, 24 for 25 from the line. They do turn the ball over 16 times, but for only 10 Wizards points, big part of the game, Orlando outscores Washington in the paint 52 to 46. That's a big thing that I look for, uh, as well as 16, uh, uh, got outscored 17-16 in fast break points. The Wizards shoot 50.6%, so Orlando shaky on defense for long stretches. They buckled up when they had to. Did a great job on Bradley Beal. Kristaps Porzingis, though, still with 30 points, 12 for 22 shooting, 3 for 7 from deep. Magic had no answer for Kristaps Porzingis. They could not figure out how to slow him down. Denny Avdia had 12 of his 15 points in the second quarter. He ended up with 10 rebounds as well. But with Bradley Beal struggling, 16 points, 4 for 15 shooting, the Magic were able to pull away and eventually take this win, 122 to 112. A very nice, very big win for the Orlando Magic. They're back in action Thursday against the New York Knickerbockers. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himboy, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of our places and all podcasts to your podcast enable listening advice. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked on Game to Game podcast. Your first, your, make that your second listen today. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on the Locked On NBA feed, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's good to for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic. See you next time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.